listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Here's what I'm asking for every one of you today. Would you give me a blank page? Would you give me a blank page today? Because a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Can we go into this with an open heart and an open mind? Just to really receive, because there's such a powerful truth that we've got to get, that we've got to grasp in that. Dear Heavenly Father, we open up our hearts to you. God, we give you a blank page today. We push aside maybe wrong thoughts, wrong just teachings that we've had in our lives, even our fears. And God, we open our hearts fully to you today, asking that God, you would just so move in our lives, that you would so work in our lives, that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we'll give you all the praise, we'll give you all the glory, in Jesus' name. Shout amen, shout amen, shout amen. Let me give you an up-to-date testimony before we go into this word today. Just yesterday morning, during our prayer encounter. Incidentally, if you are available Saturday morning, even if you're not available, you need to make yourself available Saturday morning from 9 to 10, 15. Some of the greatest times that we've had in our church, I believe, have happened during those moments where we just come and seek God together. And yesterday, a young lady star, she showed up at 10 o'clock. She thought the prayer started at 10 instead of 9. And she showed up just about 5 to 10. And at the time in our prayer, about 10 o'clock, usually what we'll do is we'll usually turn our attention and start praying over all the chairs in the church for this weekend. Your chair that you're sitting on today has been prayed over by someone. Yesterday, we prayed over every chair in this church. And, and as we were getting ready to do that on the Saturday prayer encounters during the month of September, speaking about the Holy Spirit, we're really going to be praying for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And, and here she is, she just walks in and, and I'm standing at the front and I said, normally we pray for the chairs, we're going to do that in a few moments. But if anyone needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if anyone needs to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, we want you to come to the front right now. She came to the front and I just began to explain to her that by faith, it's a gift that you receive by faith. You don't have to earn it. It's given to us by faith. And I said, I'm going to pray for you in a few minutes. Put your hands up. And as soon as she put her hands up, mum can testify, Robert, others who are here, as soon as she put her hands up, just the power of God came over her before we even prayed. And she began to speak in other tongues. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? And she said to me, I thought I was here at the wrong time. No, she was here at the right time. Because today is the right time. Today is the moment. I'm so excited about this new series. Why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit is such an impacting force that you and I need to have in our daily 
lives. We need to realize the power that it is, the enabling power to help us through. Again, it's not a popular subject today that's taught. Many churches you would go to, you don't hear it being taught. Why? Because of so many varied opinions, so many wrong conclusions that people have come to. But one thing we've agreed on is this. Most want the power, they just don't like the package. It's the packaging that has been presented in a wrong... If you were to ask someone, do you want the power of God? Everyone would say yes. But when you say the power of God comes by way of the Holy Spirit, some people say, oh, I don't want that. They want the power, but it's the packaging. And it's really because they don't understand or have not fully unwrapped it to see what it is. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit, as your pastor, I want to steer you in the right direction. And I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is a must and a necessity for your life. In other words, I believe you don't want to live without it. I've said this many times that in reference to my children, the three things I pray that I have given every one of my children, and I'm going to strive to continue to preach this and teach this to them. The three things I say to them I want to give you is a relationship with God. Now obviously I can't give that, but I can lead them into that. I want you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, is what I tell my kids. And the third thing is this, I want you to be a tither. And you may say, well, don't you want them to be successful? Don't you want them to marry someone great? Don't you want them to have a great job? Yes, I do. But I'm telling you, if they have a relationship with God, if they're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they are allowing God into their lives through giving and tithing, they will have all of those things and so much more. Why? Because those things release the power and the promise of God for your life. You want the power and promise for God and your life starts with relationship. Life has to start there. But then what do we know? Salvation is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's gift to His church. There's a special gift for us. And I know I've had even other pastors say to me, Pastor Philip, if you want to build a big church, stay away from this subject. Skirt around it. But you know, I'm not interested in building a big church. I want to build big people. Because you know what will happen when big people develop and grow? Big people build a big church. But a big church doesn't build big people. Amen. We get it backwards and we get it wrong. So I run the risk of offending someone. And remember, offense is never given. It's only received. It's on you because we're teaching you the truth. But I run the risk of upsetting some people because I really believe this is so powerful and so real. How do you become bigger? You bigger is based solely upon you understanding and having a knowledge of who God is in your life. If you want to be bigger, if you want to grow, I've got to know God in a greater way. I've got to know everything that He has available for my life. And I haven't really got time to jump into this. So quickly, Jesus asked his disciples one day two questions. Number one, he said, who do men say that I am? They all had an answer to that. But then Jesus says, let me bring it down. But who do you say that I am? They all had an answer to what others thought. But when it came down to them, only one had an answer. 
One had true knowledge for himself. That was Peter. Look what Jesus said, or Peter said to Jesus, Matthew 16, 16. Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Listen to Jesus' reply to this revelation. Verse 17 and 18. Jesus answered and said to him, to Peter. Notice Jesus didn't answer to them. Jesus came to the one who had a revelation, who was open to receive. God wants, it's not that other people will be left out because they'll hear as he speaks to other people. But Jesus wants to speak personally to your life today because that's the personal God that we are. He said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, really the son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but... My Father who is in heaven. You haven't seen this by man. It's come by way of God. There's a divine revelation and knowledge that has taken place in your life. And then Jesus goes on to say, as a result of that revelation, verse 18, I say to you that you are Peter. Say with me, Petra. That's what it means. But that word Petra there means a fragment of rock, a piece of Rock. You and I are pieces of rock, but then it goes on to say, but you are a fragment, and God says, but upon this rock. That word there is not fragment, that's foundation, that's big stone, that's complete stone, that's God. The revelation of who I am, God says, I will build my church. What's his church? You and I. God says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Again, haven't got much time to unpackage this, but Jesus is not saying, I'm going to build my church upon man. He's saying, I'm building my church upon the revelation of man understanding who I am. Who I am the rock, who I am, who I will be, and who I am right now. In other words, there's revelations in our lives that we've got to grab a hold of in order to be built and to be established. For God to build His church through you and I. And I believe one such revelation and knowledge is the Holy Spirit and who He is. And desires to be in each and every one of our lives. Because God's not building His church with opinions. He's building His church by divine revelation. And today we're going to discover directly from His Word. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. These are going to be our key verses for the next few weeks of this series. Acts 2, 14 through 17. Pentecost has just happened, a mighty infilling. We're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter now is standing to address the crowd who have witnessed what has taken place. And now look what he says. Peter speaks in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and said to each and every one of the men of Judah, all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed, listen to my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. Something had happened, and all man could say is, they're out of control, they're drunk, they're, they're, they're belligerent, they're, they're stumbling around. Man has to put a label on things that he wrongly labeled. They're not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour 
of the day. 9 a.m. in other words. It's only 9 a.m. But, come on, say with me, but. But, but. I like how the King James says, this is that. Say that with me. This is that. (coughs) This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Understand this. Joel prophesied this some 823 years before Christ. Before Christ was even born, Joel prophesied what was going to take place. Verse 17, here's what he prophesied. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Capitalized spirit. Why? Very specific. I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Say with me again. This is that. Not that. Come on, this is that. You see, the world has labeled that as this, where it's not that, it's this. A lot of people have got an opinion for what they think that is. But that is very specific and of God. It's not pie in the sky, it's not weird, it's not crazy. This is that. We must know what this is. Is We must know the that that God is speaking of. And that's why many people shy away from it. Because they don't fully understand it. As a pastor and your pastor, it's a great honor for Kelly and I each and every week to serve you, to lead what we think is an absolutely incredible church. But in being able to pastor and lead, we get to talk to a lot of people. We get to see Beneath the masks, we get to see beneath the smiles. And one thing we've realized is there are a lot of and far too many Christians who are still broken, who are still desperate, who are still addicted, who are still lonely, who are still confused, who are still hurt, carrying guilt, regret, those who feel so unworthy. And most, if not all, of those, they want the breakthroughs. They want the miracles. They want to see God move, but yet find their lives almost going through the same repeat performance over and over again, remaining unmoved and unchanged. Will you believe me today when I say this? This is that. What do I mean by that? This is your breakthrough. This is your freedom. This is your future. This is the power that you and I need to be an overcomer. This is that what you need. And we're going to go on a journey so you and I, each and every one of us, can know that. So again, what I need from you is an open heart and an open mind. Let me give you a statement. I believe that there is no way to live in total victory without receiving and understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want total victory in your life, I didn't say you're not saved. If you want to live in total victory, you've got to receive, I believe, and have an understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to know His purpose. How He wants to come into our lives with an abiding presence and power to help us do things with ease that otherwise would have been hard or even Impossible. I like what Joyce Myers said. Look at this quote I found. It says, Most of the dissatisfaction that many believers experience in their Christian walk 
comes from a lack of power in their lives. Power which only comes through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. James 1.17 Every good and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, God doesn't give no junk. God gives the best. He gives what is needed, that which is required for our lives. Every good gift comes from God. That word good there is both in the sense of physical and moral. It's both in that which is practical and that which is immoral. So it's therefore it's something which will produce benefits to your life. It's in us and through us that God wants to work. So he starts within us. But God wants to do a good work through the good gifts. And the Holy Spirit is a good gift that God wants to give to each and every one of us, his church. So who is he? Notice I didn't say what is it. Because it's very specific. Because our first point, we're going to look at three points to help us describe who the Holy Spirit is. And a lot of these points we covered last year or the year before when we went through the Holy Spirit. But I just really felt led to come back to some of these points again. Because we've got really a new church from last year with so many new people. But even ourselves that have heard all this before, we need to be reminded Because we need to know the power and the truth. It's not only for our lives, but for the benefit of others that we can steer other people in the direction and in the right way. The first thing that we realize is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's not a thing. It's a person. And I love the fact that it is a person for this reason. If it's an it or a thing, we will tend to deal with that in a different way. But when it's a person, we can now personally deal with that. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to have personal interaction with Him. It's actually the third person of the triune Godhead, the Trinity. The third not meaning last in significance, but one and equal, as we will see in a minute. So being a person, what we need to understand of the Holy Spirit from God's Word is this. The Holy Spirit also functions as a person, but not according to our limitations. There's no limitations with God. There's no limitations with the Holy Spirit. If we were to look at each and every one of our lives, we could say that we are made up of three areas in our lives. We are made up of what is called body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. That could be further broken down to the fact that we have a mind, we have an emotion, and we have a will. Everyone with me with that? Hopefully you've got a mind. Everyone's got a mind, okay? So hopefully, because we have a mind, emotions, and wills, it means we can think, we can feel, and we can make a choice. So let's look at the Holy Spirit after the person. Let's look at the mind aspect. Romans 8, verse 27 Now he, not an it again, now he, he's a pronoun which takes the place of a person. It's that which signifies a person. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. 
because He, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He searches the heart to know what mind it is because He makes intercession according to intercession according to the will of God. In other words, what do we just read? The Holy Spirit has a mind. He thinks how? According to the plan and the purpose or the will of God. What else do we see? Emotions. Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you realize you can crush the Spirit? Of the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? He has feelings. He's hurt. Have you ever been grieved by someone? Have you ever had your feelings hurt? We can do the same to the Holy Spirit. We can create an atmosphere in our lives where we're saying, you're not welcome. Thus grieving the Holy Spirit, His feelings and His emotions that He has. And then last, His will. What do we see? 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 But one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, work all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills, as He chooses. The choice the Holy Spirit chooses to make. And I'm glad the choice He makes is according to the will of God. But He still has a choice and a will. Mind emotions, and will. He is a person. But also, second point, He is God. He is God. He's not a part of God. He's fully God. We believe in one God, eternally present in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In our own minds, it's hard to grasp the fact that they are individual, but yet they are totally one. In, in, in reference, many times we see of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, we see it referenced as the Holy Ghost. That terminology, ghost, many times can really package it in a wrong light to people because when we think of ghosts, we think of something scary, spooky, stay away from, that which will strike terror into our lives. Really a bad interpretation to the word in the Greek, which is pneuma. The word pneuma in the original language literally means this, a what refreshing breath of fresh air. You know what the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is? He is a refreshing breath of fresh air for our lives. But yet still fully God. Each are equal. They have their own roles to play. They operate completely as one. You may say, well, I don't understand that. Hey, you have no problem understanding an egg. What do you mean? An egg has three parts, but yet is one. If you take the yolk out of an egg, it's not an egg. You take the shell from an egg, it's not an egg. But yet the shell is the shell. The yolk is the yolk. The white is the white. Each have their own part to play, but yet they make as one. Think about this in creation. When we look at God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in creation, we see them working together but fulfilling different roles. God the Father, He's the master architect. 
Jesus Christ is like the contractor. He's the foreman. And then what do you have? You have the Holy Spirit that is like the laborer. He's the builder carrying out. God had the blueprint. Jesus set the work in place and the Holy Spirit did the job. Working together in complete unity. But think about that. So he's a person and he's God. But now I want to bring those two together in this thought. He is a person and he is God in the now. For you right now. He's the person and he's the God that you need right now. What you need in your life right now. Acts 2, 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost. Read it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, the hundred and twenty who had gathered. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. What do we see here? Here's the Holy Spirit, the person who's God being now in the life of Of the individuals. We see that his spirit was poured out upon them. This is that. The promise has now been given. The promise was given to those who what? Gathered seeking and waiting for him. But what we've got to realize is that the Holy Spirit longs to live inside of us. To baptize us. That word baptism or baptismo, literally means to be totally submerged. God wants us to be totally submerged in Him. That's His purpose. That's His desire. I love that, that God's got a desire and a purpose for my life. To be totally engulfed and filled with all the power and the presence of God. Which means what? I don't have to go through life any longer. Trying to do everything on my own. But His presence can be right now. The person, the God, the Holy Spirit can be with me each and every day. Look what John gives reference of when Jesus was baptized. John 1, 32 and 33. And it says, And John the Baptist bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit of God descending from heaven like A dove. The dove is one of the symbols used of the Holy Spirit. In the Word of God, we also see wind, fire, oil, and water are used. And we're going to be talking about each one of those during our prayer encounters on Saturday. We talked about the gentleness of the dove. But read on. It says, It came down, the Spirit came down from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. I did not know. Him, John's not speaking about Jesus. He didn't know this Holy Spirit at this time. But he who sent me, God, to baptize with water, spoke to me and said, Upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descend and remaining on him, that is he. This is that who baptizes with the Holy 
Spirit. Notice how John speaks of this that he doesn't really fully understand or know, but God instructs him of what will happen and what will take place. But what does John see? John sees a presence that comes to remain. Verse 32, it says, it remained upon him. Verse 33, it remained on him. Important truths that we need to see. Why? Because if you read in the Old Testament, we will see that the Holy Spirit would come upon people, but it would not remain within them. The Holy Spirit would come upon them to fulfill a specific task, like Samson. You don't grab a donkey's jawbone and kill a thousand men with your own strength. That was the Holy Spirit that came upon him. You read account after account how the Spirit came upon Saul and others in the Word of God. Saul began to prophesy, but then the Spirit of God would be removed from a prophet, from Daniel, from other people after they had fulfilled a specific task. But now something is different, starting with Jesus. Come on, everything starts different with Jesus. There's a new beginning in Jesus. But Jesus brought something new, not only for His life, but for each and every one of our lives because He took the place for us so we could receive those fullness. He came so we could receive the fullness of God. It's different with Jesus. The presence came and remained. The same presence now wants to remain in our lives. To infill us, to empower us, to be our constant helper, to be our companion. I'm glad that it's not a one-time thing. But it's a daily experience that wants to equip us each and every day with enabling power. Why? Because he wants to take up permanent residence in our lives. Look at this quote. Through salvation, we have the Holy Spirit. But until we are filled completely with the Holy Spirit, He does not have us. Think about that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Salvation only comes by way of the Spirit drawing man. But a different experience to that which we read of that wants to remain upon us, in us, filling us, equipping us, and changing us. Think of Jesus. And Him coming, as I said. He changed everything. And I read this and I thought, wow, how powerful and true is this? It was impossible for the holiness and the purity of God to dwell inside a person who was not born again. And set free from his or her sin nature. But after Jesus died on the cross, And rose from the dead with complete victory over sin. He now made it possible for the Holy Spirit, Him, to come and dwell within men. We didn't have a chance before Christ. But now through Christ, every chance has been made available to us. Jesus said it this way. Are you ready? John 16 verse 7. Jesus says, nevertheless. You see, they're talking about, God, we don't want... He says, hold on a second. Nevertheless, let me tell you something. I'll tell you the truth. 
It's to your advantage that I go away. Man, I was blown away when I read this again just the other day. I'm sitting telling Kelly, can you believe this? It's the advantage for Jesus to leave so the Holy Spirit can come. Get your mind around that if you can. But it's to your advantage, he says, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, say with me, helper, will not come to help what? You. You. He's a person. He's God for your life. A personal thing. He will not come to help you. But if I depart, I will send him. Man, we should just end right there because Jesus has spoken. If you've got any questions, Jesus said, I'm sending him for you and I'm sending him to you. I've got the best in store for you. Jesus didn't say, I'm just sending him to the world. Jesus said, I'm sending him right to you. I know your address. I know where you're at. I know what you need. He says, I'm sending you the helper. Say with me, my helper. For you, because he's a personal God. In loving the whole world, he loves you. Wow. The word helper in the original language, Greek, is parakletos. It means para. It means beside. Cleo means a called thus or thus to call to one's side. He has sent the Holy Spirit to be beside you. Called alongside you. The word literally signifies an intercessor, a comforter, a helper, an advocate, a counselor. Anyone need that type of help? Amen. I know I do. You know, I love when it's confirmed, even through non-biblical literature, that when you look at the word paracletus, not in the Bible, but in secular literature, what you will read, it still has this meaning of an attorney who appeals or appears in court on another's behalf. In other words, an attorney who goes to battle and fights for you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the helper He wants to be. That's the person of God now. This is that. This is that. And He wants us to be led and lead us into a greater understanding Of the word of truth. The Holy Spirit wants to guide my life. The Holy Spirit longs to provide you and I with the strength to endure all the hostilities, the hardships, and the oppositions of of life. I need His help. I need help like that. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. In my Bible, the footnotes said this, unless Jesus did what He came to do, there would be no good news. If he did not die, he could not remove our sins and he could not rise again and defeat death. If he did not go back to the Father, the Holy Spirit would not have come. Christ's presence on earth was limited to one place at a time, but him leaving, meaning he could now be present to the whole world at any time through his Holy Spirit. Jesus could only meet that lady at the well. The Holy Spirit now can meet anyone at any place, at any time, throughout the entirety of this world. Let me close today. Who is the Holy Spirit? This is that. 
This is that. John 16, 8. The Bible says, And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 8. And of sin, because they do not believe in Me. When He has come, the Holy Spirit has come, He will lead people to the place of salvation. He will convict people from their sin. To be saved, the role of the Holy Spirit has to be present in each and every one of our lives. But this is the confusion that most people have. They just stop there and say, I have the Holy Spirit because I'm saved. Yes, you do. But let me give you an analogy of this. It's like having a house. And in every one of our house, there's probably a special room that we reserve for special guests. We've got special china on the cabinet that many people don't get to even touch. We've got special cutlery that is reserved for that special meal. For many of us, we allow the Holy Spirit to operate in that special place. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be confined to just one special place. The Holy Spirit wants to be in the bedroom with you, the kitchen with you, the living room with you, the den with you, the bathroom with you, in the shower with you, wherever you're at. The Holy Spirit wants to have access to every room and every part of your house. Through salvation, there's a peace. But through the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, there's the whole. There's everything that you need. This is that. It's another experience to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not making you more saved. Listen to me. Salvation is all you need to make it to heaven. Salvation is God's gift that He gives. But I'm telling you, I need the Holy Spirit to help keep me saved. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me. Listen to this. In other words, I have enough of the Holy Spirit to keep me out of hell if I'm just saved. But maybe don't have enough to help me walk in the victory that God has made fully possible for my life. Let me say that again. I have enough of Jesus to stay out of hell. But not enough to walk in the victory that God has made fully possible for my life. That comes by way of the Holy Spirit. The person of God now for your life right now to remain upon you to remain in you to equip you to change your life so so can I sum it up this way the Holy Spirit is the power of God to live and it's the power of God to serve I need the power of God to live and I need the power of God to serve this is that This is what you need. Because we were never made to live life alone. And God took care of that for you and I by sending the Holy Spirit. It's to your advantage I go. Because I'm going to send Him that's going to be with you always. He's going to remain with you. What a life-changing experience this is going to be. As we look and unlock and unpackage the truth of the Holy Spirit. And what He wants to be in your life. And how you can allow Him to operate in your life. We 
would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.